let's have a word of prayer as we begin. Lord, would you bless our time this morning? Thank you for the completeness of your word that it covers every subject we need. Thank you for this study that gets right down to how we live. I pray you'll bless and guide and give us exactly what you'd have for us today now in Jesus' name. Amen. As you know, we're in the study entitled The Management, Life Management for a Busy Woman. And our author started with the very place she should start, and that was with putting the Lord first. And I appreciated those chapters very much. But as she says in the next uh, uh, part of the, uh, this book, she says, this is the place we don't like to go. It's on you and your body, to, uh, the physical aspect of life management. And, uh, but she said, if you don't go here next, you're not going to get uh, what you need as far as being able to manage your life. And I, I agree with that. And so uh, it's very important for us to understand that physical discipline, though it is often the most difficult to develop, uh, really is an underlying foundation to be able to have uh, what's needed to accomplish the things that we need uh, in our lives. If we cannot master the basic aspects of our physical life, we are not going to be able to master uh, the key aspects spiritually, relationally, and all of those other things. So I appreciate that very much. And she makes a point which I think is important in that the, uh, the work of a woman is very taxing. You know, you don't think about it, but you take just taking care of your home, if you have children in your home, uh, the many, many things that have to be accomplished uh, can really, uh, can really wear you out. And just the pressures, uh, the anxieties and pressures of people that you care about and decisions you've got to make, uh, that can be exhausting. And if you're not physically in good shape, you are not going to be able to do what you need to do in these areas. And so she says that it, we have to have spiritual energy, and we're going to talk about that in a minute, but if you don't have physical energy, the spiritual energy um, is a difficult reality to keep up with. Um, let me just give a vivid example. Uh, I've known several people that have been in the hospital long term with very difficult situations. And they say, you know, people say, well, it must be wonderful to have extra time with the Lord. <laughs> and almost inevitably, the people say, I don't feel good enough to have any kind of time with the Lord. In other words, I'm in the hospital because I'm not doing well. And uh, so I think we can all relate to that. And that's the point. If you're very much fatigued, uh, just physically worn out, you don't have the physical power to uh, emotionally keep yourself strong, to be able to think clearly. And so the matter of sleep and taking care of yourself uh, and having good control of your body is very important for a solid time with the Lord, a solid, a solid spiritual walk with God. And uh, so uh, when you look, at, if you look at just being in shape from a standpoint, you want to do it for um, reasons that are earthy, well, that's, that can get way out of proportion. But when you look at it from a cause standpoint, that's totally different. And uh, in fact, Dwight L. Moody made the statement that 
When you are sufficiently motivated, discipline will take care of itself. Have you ever noticed you have no problem sacrificing, doing something you're really motivated about? I mean, that's not a problem at all. And so if your motivation is not just selfish in taking care of your body, but it is for others and for the glory of God, and you're passionate about it for that purpose, you'll get it done. It's amazing. So I think that's a great way to start this discussion. There'll be several sessions on this. <clears throat> We're just giving the introductory session this time. But it is important from a standpoint of walking with God, having the strength to serve others, and to do the responsibilities that you ought to do. You know, many ladies, because they don't feel good, get in a vicious cycle of uh, feeling like they're failing because they don't have the strength to do what they need to do and then they make wrong choices that make them feel even worse and then they are more discouraged because they're not getting done what they need to do and probably everybody here has been in that cycle at one time or the other you know you can just get yourself uh, out of whack and so uh, physical discipline is not the key discipline but it is a foundation for the important disciplines okay and we need to have the right motivation. So what we're going to talk about here this morning <coughs> is the right uh, motivation. 1 Corinthians 6, 9, 6, 19, if you'll turn there, most of you would think of this passage. We're going to come back to this on several occasions here, <coughs> excuse me, this morning. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, the Apostle Paul is uh, very much uh, dealing here with the Corinthian church and some of the pressures of culture that was bringing down the church and they were not functioning as they ought to. And you read in verse 19 of chapter 6, What know ye not that your body is what? The temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own. Now there's several different angles to this verse that we're going to look at. But let's just, first of all, just think about the fact that we're the temple of the Holy Ghost. I remember when I was, I think, a junior in high school, I was now at the Bill Rice Ranch, and uh, uh, Paul Levine, the evangelist, many of you don't remember that name, but he was a very beloved youth evangelist. <laughs> he was in, the, in his 80s and was still loved by teenagers across America. But he preached on the temple of the Holy Ghost. And I remember that message probably was one of the key messages that went deep in my heart about being very careful what choices about my life and the fact that I needed to take care of my body. Because he described beautifully the tabernacle and the temple and the Shekinah glory that was there in the temple and the magnificence of that place and the, and the awe that was there and to think that that same glory is in us, that ought to change our whole perspective. Folks, Satan tries to come along and say, you're, you're just insignificant. Well, the truth is, humanly, you know, we're sinners saved by grace. But we're significant because we're a child of God and we are indwelt by God. And so when you get a hold of the fact that this care of my body is not for me, I need to take care of the temple for the sake of God's glory and for His purpose. Several times you have in the Old Testament history how good kings had to clean up the temple. 
that it was a disgrace how the previous kings had let it fall into disrepair. It just was a terrible thing. And, uh, and that same uh, perspective could be uh, for us. And so some things here that let's just look at practically. And she starts right, right down where the rubber meets the road, guard yourself. Diligently guard all that you do, see, hear, think, eat, and choose. And to hold your place in 1 Corinthians 6, but turn with me to Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4. And there you have some very helpful verses along this line. Proverbs chapter 4, we'll look at verse 23. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Put away from thee a forward mouth, mouth and perverse lips put far from thee. Let thine eyes look right on, and let thine eyelids look straight before thee. Ponder the path of thy feet, and let all thy ways be established. Turn not to the right hand, nor to the left. Remove thy foot from evil. So we're not just talking here about the body just in our physical conditioning, but what tears down the body is the use of it for that which is wrong. We lose the sacredness of it and then oftentimes the care of our body. So we need to guard ourselves. Anything, we just need to realize things that do not honor God and help us and tear us down. And there are many, many things that we could talk about. And uh, it's very, uh, very important for us. So uh, we need to, first of all, walk, or secondly, walk in righteousness. Uh, and that means then that we've got to avoid all kinds of uncleanness. Back to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, the context for the, the theme verse here for today um, is quite a uh, strong verse. Verse 13 of chapter 6, um, meats for the belly and the belly for meats, but God shall destroy both it and them. In other words, everything about the use of your body needs to be according to sanctification in the verse before. Now the body is not for fornication, for any kind of self-indulgence, but for the Lord, and the Lord for the body. And uh, if you look back down at verse 19, uh, which ye have of God. And so we live in this moral revolution. It's just unbelievable. It's, a, it's an express train that is going so fast that every day it takes our breath away. I think you all understand that. And the progressives are just moving rapidly to just fully institutionalize that which God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah for. It's a very sobering thing. But we as believers need to not, as Dr. Jim preached a few days ago, it isn't the amount of distance between us and the world. We need to have the standard of God's word as to how we live. And if the world gets farther and farther away, it gets farther and farther away. All sexual um, uncleanness is that which will dishonor God. And in the context here, this is what he's saying. You're the temple of God. You're not your own. So we need to understand 
that purity is absolutely essential. And so I really want to encourage us in this regard. And let me just say, it used to be that we would primarily preach to men about this, but today with the lack of protocol in relationships on the job and everything else, this is a problem for both genders. And let me say, and I, I just say this especially for mothers and people that work with people, the problem now of viewing is not just a male problem. It's, it's beginning to almost equalize in a female problem. And it's because of the, the entertainment industry has so um, numbed the consciences of both men and women and then you have everything coming at you without, with unguarded technology. And so the curiosity of women or the loneliness or uh, sometimes uh, just the pure pressure of Satan can cause women to view things and get involved in things that you would never have thought would have occurred 20 years ago, but is now a very major problem uh, among women. So all I would say, ladies, is we're going to talk in the next couple of sessions about how we got keep, uh, keep our bodies strong, as I said, so that the, you have that foundation to serve the Lord. But I'm telling you, especially for women, if there is any uncleanness, that you lose that, that, that cutting edge of strength. You lose that respect for yourself. You lose that sense of encouragement. Uh, it's just, it is a slippery slope to depression, discouragement, and other kinds of sin. I'm being fairly blunt because she brought it up. Again, that's always the nice thing about these chapters. <laughs> I wouldn't just jump into that if I was just doing a regular Bible study, but it is something that is very important. And, um, and so let me just say to mothers, do not, do not take anything for granted with your children. Be, be over, 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 over careful. Your children don't have to have the same technology of everybody else. They don't have to have it. They don't need to do the same things. And uh, this is a time in which the world can be going farther away. We're gonna stay right here. And uh, you need to know, you need to have open door policy, um, or I mean not a locked door policy with your children. You need to not let them have technology in their rooms. You need to know what's going on. And if you have any questions about that, you talk with me about it because I have to deal with the really horrible consequences of um, a, a naive mother not guarding their children. And, uh, and so there's a lot of problems would not have needed to happen if mothers would have been right on it and extremely careful and not naive about it. Listen, mothers, you have a right to be ferocious, okay? Mother bear, I mean, uh, I give you all permission from a pastoral standpoint, go after it, guard your kids. My, my mother, whew, I mean, she was, and that was a different day, but man, oh man, she was strong. And, uh, but I think my wife outdid her, my, my wife, whew. And you just asked my kids, uh, she didn't let them have anything. Uh, she, don't you trust us? No, <laughs> not at all. To you. And uh, I'm so thankful. I am so thankful. And uh, all right, but do, um, there we looked at Titus 2 a while back. Titus 2 talks about that need for that, uh, that pure heart on the part of a woman. And, um, and so there are just, as uh, 
She puts in here, there are many activities I must cut out simply because I desire to excel in my pursuit after God and holiness. And uh, I often get on this, but, but ladies, most entertainment of Hollywood today, you, well, almost all of that, you don't want to feed on. And frankly, um, unless there is real purpose in it, why waste the time? There's that aspect too. But honestly, our consciences get hurt. And when you don't have a good conscience, faith is hurt. Faith and a good conscience. Check 1 Timothy chapter 1. You'll see those go together. And so if you want to be a woman of faith with power, you ought to have that shamefacedness comes from a woman that's walking with God and has a, you keep your sensitivity. You live in a culture of moral filth, but you can be as clean as, uh, as the driven snow by the grace of God. I don't care what your past was. It may have been terrible, but well, I'm telling you, my dad always gave the illustration years ago. Again, it was a different world, but in Miami, two of the most godly ladies in the church there, um, people would just marvel. They were prayer warriors. They were godly. I mean, they just glowed with the presence of God. And uh, people just really, the ladies were deeply helped by them for years. And uh, they were both prostitutes, saved by the grace of God. Isn't that wonderful what God could do? Uh, so uh, God is able to do a great work. And he can change us. In fact, he can just, it's, you know, I've been uh, with uh, obviously many people over the years. And uh, I was just talking to somebody the other day. God just changed their life. And they said, you know, it's hard for me to recognize you anymore. There's just the look on your face, your whole countenance, everything about you is just different. Hallelujah, isn't that great? So don't let Satan just say, oh, because of your past. No, 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 listen. Uh, you are a, the temple of the Holy Ghost. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You can have that victory over uh, the evil one. And so let's be very careful. Now we need to understand that our body is not our own. It's not for our own self-indulgence. The last of the parts of the fruit of the Spirit, the last part is temperance, self-control, for the purpose of accomplishing that which will glorify God versus that which will just satisfy our own desires. So we need to, um, we need to ask ourselves, Lord, what would you have me to do? Now, have you heard the phrase today in modern culture, it's my body? Have you heard ladies say that? Okay. Do you see where the problem comes from? No, that's not our body. And especially for believers, but that's the wrong concept. It is a total selfish human perspective that I want to do how I feel. It doesn't matter about life. It doesn't matter about what God says. Folks, the greatest freedom and joy you ever have is when you surrender to the Lord and you realize we're His. Aren't you glad He paid? Aren't you, isn't it wonderful? Don't you love to be part of a family or marriage and you're somebody's, you know, they claim you. You love that. You're claimed by God. That's not a limiting thing. That's a glorious thing. I'm not my own. He bought me. And I'm going to be with Him forever. That's rejoicing ground. The worst thing in the world is selfishness. I mean, that's a prison. That's just a horrible perspective on life. So uh, we need to understand that there from verse 19. Ye are not your own. And so if you were to look, uh, she gives a short list of God's house rules for your body. Flee 
Fornication in this passage, flee youthful lust, 2 Timothy 2.22, don't love the world, 1 John chapter 2, or the things of the world. Abstain from fleshly lust, that's just caving into our natural desires that are not of God, 1 Peter 2.11. And abstain uh, from all appearance of evil, 1 Thessalonians 5.22. Now one thing to remember, and if I've alluded to it already, and that is that our body was paid for, our being a the temple of the Holy Ghost was paid for at great price. And one of the things that has really been a blessing to me over the years is to stop and think before I make a decision about Christ. Will this honor Him? He deserves my choices. This body is for him, not for me. Uh, he purchased it at great price. Folks, as we look, already as we looked at God, isn't it amazing that God loves us when you think of how great he is, as we've been looking at on Sunday morning. It's just uh, the great I am. It's just marvelous. And, um, and so we need to be very thankful. And you have back in our theme text there um, uh, that... Uh, in, that uh, verse 20 uh, after that, for ye are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. I'm not mine. If you're a believer, you're not yours. That's a good thing. We're God's. And God will take care of what's His. That's the comforting part of it. But we need to realize that it was a, uh, a great price and we're to glorify God with our body. So let me just finish here with some practical things that were mentioned here in this chapter. Um, and so uh, in, um, she refers to an allegory, My Heart, Christ Home by Robert Munger. And uh, in this allegory talks about going through the different rooms of your house you know, the body that we have or the temple, go through those different rooms. And let's uh, check up, just like uh, sometimes when you're, you're going to have some people staying with you for a while and you know that it's not like when they come for just a meal, you can shut down part of your house, but they're going to come for three weeks. Uh-oh, you know that probably, especially if there's kids, they're going to be everywhere. And you start looking at every corner of your house and you say, hmm, Got some work to do. Uh, that's always a fun, a fun time. Well, that's the idea here. So let's do a little bit of checking up uh, on how we're doing. The study. Are there any reading materials in your library that Christ's eyes are too pure to look upon? Why not replace them with the books of the Bible? Place your books, uh, pack your bookshelves full of books about God and the Word of God. If they're right there, they're easy to get. I mean, you always ought to have reading material that's, that's right. And, um, and let me just say, don't you think women ought to be the guard of the home? I mean, my wife was just a guard. I mean, we're just not going to have anything. Uh, and, um, and so uh, that is really a wonderful role you can have, but for your own life. And um, a lot, you know, down to sometimes subtle thing, romance novels really are most of the time not, not good for you. Be in love with your husband, not with the idea of what you'd like your husband to be. That's, that's a very dangerous situation. 
And for women, that's a greater problem than even visual Im impurity, is the thought of relational impurity. And so that's just one idea. Most magazines you just really can't have around today uh, without taking care of them. And uh, I mean, right here in our church, <laughs> Uh, I, we have a number of magazines that come through that we need to have, but sometimes about a third of them are gone <laughs> by the time the secretaries. I tell you, women secretaries do a great job in messing up your magazines. Man, they, well, I just, that was, half that article's gone, you know. But uh, no, I'm very thankful for that. But that, that's, a, that's exactly right. And, uh, and that's what you would expect. You would want that here, but it ought to be, ought to be that way in your own home. We try to guard the library down there in the Heritage Center. The dining room. Oh boy. Uh, this explains, uh, but the author explains, this is the room of appetites and desires. Are you feeding on fair foot for a child of the king? Food that feeds your soul and satisfies your spiritual hunger? What nourishment needs to be there that isn't? In other words, is God satisfying you? You know where you get in trouble on the food issue? when you need that for satisfaction. Do you realize that when you're at peace with God and not filled with anxiety, and you really are just glorying in the Lord, then God can give you great temperance and wisdom on how to handle your diet and what you should do and what would be healthy for you. The living room, according to this delightful story, the living room is where we are, where we are meant to meet morning by morning for quiet times filled with fellowship with God are you neglecting to enter this room as often as you should? And we've talked a lot about that in the last few weeks. The workroom, as the author, as uh, Jesus asked, what are you producing with your life for the kingdom of God? Toys, gadgets? Are you whiling away your time giving your work on, on hobbies? Or are you steadily going about the business of producing a masterpiece of your life for the glory of God? After all, you are his workmanship. Good thought. And um, about a you know, what do we concentrate on? You know, many distractions in life, you can always have enough time to do the will of God. Now, I've said that over and over. Ah, we need to say it whenever I get on that. Everybody just needs to say it. You need to verbalize. There is always enough time to do the will of God. Now, you don't believe it, but it's true, and I want you at least to say it, okay? There is all, okay, let's do it together with some conviction here. There is always enough time to do the will of God. That's true. And so uh, that's the whole key to life management, by the way, is to know the will of God and to do it. So check on things that you do. Lots of good things you can do, but that may not be what God wants you to do. And there are a lot of distraction things. You know, food's a distraction. Technology's a distraction. Uh, other things can be a distraction because you're not coping, and you don't want coping mechanisms. We'll obviously talk about that, but uh, ladies, that's just got to be overcome. You, the place you go is this way, you know, in your heart, not to other things. The rec room. What makes up your recreation and activities, and what do you watch and listen to? Could Christ be part of the fun? My dad would often say that. Just remember, son, whatever you're doing, Christ should be able to go right there with you. And then he reminded me, he does. <laughs> you know, so the bedroom. And here again, we have the, the purity. If you're unmarried, then you need to keep yourself holy in body and in spirit. 
And if you are married, you need to maintain your purity and follow God's will. And then the hall closet. Don't you love the hall closet? That's just a great place. Um, cleverly, the author finally has Christ asking for access to a little locked away place that contains a few leftover dregs of the old life that are personal favorites and have yet to be put away. Is anything tucked and hidden away in your house? And that's something we have to ask ourselves because we're his, we're his so everything, everything. Listen, sometimes when you're having devotions or you hear preaching or you hear teaching, and there's that little, mm, you know, we're good at rationalizing. Now, we don't want to be introspective, but if you know you're holding on to something, that could be the very key to getting free, to just trust God with whatever that is. So, our body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. And I'm going to end with a statement from Elizabeth Elliot. Very simple statement. You might want to write this down. Discipline for a Christian begins with the body. Discipline for a Christian begins with the body. And, uh, and again, I appreciate how the author has been very straightforward on difficult subjects already in this book. Uh, right down to where we live because it's the spiritual reality that's going to give us uh, a, a life of managing our life for the greatest productivity and blessing. So, and aren't you glad that the Holy Spirit enables you to do what you need to do? You're not in this alone. You're able to see God work.